you're listening to the seventh reel. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, funny. Fine. <laughs> well, this week, Blue Steel, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Now, Wikipedia described this as an action thriller, but I this is not an action movie by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think this is what an is action movie. This, no. Do you know what oh, this reminded me really? of? It reminded me of that movie... Cru- no, cruising. cruising. Michelle, have you never Remember? seen that We've, movie? Yes, that's what it reminded me the most of. No. It's pretty interesting, just like how this... If, There's um, the, what it, the grocery yeah, I don't th- store th- There isn't that much action. And then... There's not... No, it's not it's, yes, and then there's the... F- then there's yeah. like... St- tiny skirmishes throughout the entire movie where you go where it's just like i I don't no no, i and that's fine and that's fine i just don't think it's like an action movie i mean what class is an action movie it's this is like more of a psychological thriller this felt at least this felt more like more to me like this like of a psychological thriller so on on a scale of like bonkers um, it becomes as it goes along die hard to Black Swan, this would be closer to Black Swan. Is that what you mean? Honestly, yeah. In many cases, yes. I think this is closer to Black Swan. <laughs> I was trying to pick hard. like the That's for sure. what would represent uh, those I know. things uh, <laughs> and movies that Arvin I, I, I knew had seen. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> this week we're talking Die Hard's about still Blue good. Too bad the Die Hard uh, right. Shot by Kath Bigelow. Uh, every time she said the shot or like that she's a woman and she's doing this, I kept like thinking, is this somehow like a yeah. portrait of her as a director in the nineties? Yeah, and shooting of her trying to assert, one. yeah, assert like, female creative voice. No, in, I, was, I just kept thinking, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, would I be saying there's that nothing wrong with that? Man? Well, so I, well, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, because they dominate. I want everything to go yeah, beyond. Uh, right, that is true. The, we do tend to dominate. Yeah, a comment on her femininity. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that could be it. The only thing I would say, like that, feels a bit off in terms of that comparison, mm. is that this is police, and it's very obvious. And I think the general consensus on like how we view American police has gradually shifted mm. over these decades. This is still very much ingrained in the like you know the power structure is good. Like the police are there to they're mm. there to do good. The people who are against the police, like her father, are domestic abusers and reject mm-hmm. like law and justice. But now you know in twenty twenty one, I think. Like, like you watch I watch it very differently in terms of just like I'm like well it's sad how she has to feel like she has to put on the uniform and everything to get back at him in the end and I'm like well as if being a cop is like <laughs> makes her any stronger or better than anybody else yeah, but maybe that's kind of the point of the movie I don't know it, she put it on at the end because she stole it Who's from also her police her guard right. when she was yes. in the hospital she had, to, but, she had no choice in that but then there's right? that right but the way that it's, it's exactly but the way it's put like the way they shot it right they portray her it's it's a mirror it's a mirror of the opening montage of her putting it on for her like for a shift like it's her reassuming the identity reclaiming control you know to get back to finally yeah because that's something rare them. women don't have control that's true that's so true. michelle what that's did true. you it like it feels like weird it. that she has to feel like putting a cop in a form mm-hmm. to do that <laughs> well it's the same that like if you did a business meeting in like mm-hmm. sweats compared to mm-hmm. a suit how would you feel well she's no in this case she's heading off to yeah. shoot somebody in the head right so it's a little no, different it isn't. <laughs> to do a job so michelle what did you think of this 
Jesus. That's true. That's true. I still I don't know. I think I mm-hmm. liked it more than most action films I watch because I don't watch any. But then I just kept thinking the whole time. Oh. That would be caught on CCTV, <laughs> and obviously they didn't have it then. So like this entire film could not exist. There's <laughs> now. There's so many like movies where I'm watching, or be like just just use a cell phone, and then I'd be like, oh right, that's. That that was so convenient to not have a cell phone. Oh, that way right. you could just write <laughs> around that. Yeah. But I think that's why it doesn't age very well. The movie itself uh, it consists of this woman constantly being gaslit by this guy who's obsessed with her. And oh, yeah, that's pretty common. It feels yeah, a bit like the of. yeah. It feels and like the Ron Invisible Silver Man a little bit. Is, uh, yeah, the, the plays a crazy uh, mm-hmm. gun obsessed weirdo. Uh, falls in love with her, I guess. It does, he, or sort of not in love, but they. Yeah, he is obsessed with her. And then. Sort of embarks on this quest to, I guess, uh, I don't know. St- uh, what, what is his end goal? It's something sort of like I- intertwining their. <laughs> lives i don't know what oh you know who uh, yeah. he reminded me of 90s pacino <laughs> like late 90s pacino i just kept thinking like weird yeah, yeah. oh a little that. bit a little bit but his mannerisms was very tim roth or like yeah or like kind of nick, nick cage younger nick cage as well a little bit that's interesting but what is yeah what is his end goal here i i kept thinking about that through I didn't like that they kept making him seem like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. his brain would suddenly shift into like murder yeah. and it, I don't I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I mean he's so I, don't, I don't think that's not that he's mentally ill. But then it's just problematic. Yeah. I just I don't think I mean it could be psychosis I guess, but it just mm. how it's portrayed it seems almost like demonic yes it's like he's hearing these voices you see telling compelling him to do evil things he seems very much in control of himself when he's doing these evil things i don't know it's oh by the way clancy brown i took it took me almost like 30 or 40 minutes into the movie before i realized that was him he um very Mm. very a very young looking clancy brown in this movie Uh, he was good looking he looks irish to me is it because of the long curly hair that's irish in my head (laughs) Oh, by the way, a way to date this podcast. Speaking of which, uh, R.I.P. Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. I guess also R.I.P. D.M.X. I'm not sure if those two were going to be associated on the same day, but here but, we are. <laughs> um, I had seen Point Break and uh, I loved it, <laughs> and uh, the, I remember watching The Hurt Locker with Jan because I had resisted. I thought it was going to be like boring and then i watched it and i was like it's a pretty good action movie and then i watched zero dark 30 and i started i was like okay well i've seen most of them might as well watch the first one and uh looked cool i mean i don't want to spoil the roger mm-hmm. ebert one but let's uh that's all i'll save it but this yeah, feels like a decon- it, it, like oh. i don't know it's just uh, it's i guess it's not if you think of it as a precursor to point break it's interesting also because you get to see her portrayal of law enforcement at a more intimate like scale and the story itself is very like it's not it's not contrived it's like very all over the place though but like it jumps to the family stuff and uh and then it goes back to the it's yeah like serial killer stuff and 
all of that so it's very strange it's really interesting how personal of the perspective it feels when it's happening either like the the, the villain and the protagonist that's actually what i find really interesting like if, whenever the, sh the focus is entirely on like the villain for example you hear the voices and the film tries to take his his side and you try to be sympathetic and just like how to the same extent that it when it's focusing from her side it showcases her vulnerability and uh, i thought oh by the way the cinematography in this movie is actually really really great i i was surprised caught off guard by how like artistic some of the choices are in terms of just the lighting and the framing why are you the surprised credits of the gun woman? no it's just that you don't i didn't see you don't see i didn't see that in the hurt locker nor zero dark 30 like this is very much like a her hands will shake you know she can't hold it up for a very long time <laughs> i love the stuff with the gun model in the beginning like, i do like the part like where in, she in the movie the that's gun, all about our obsession with the violence and, the, floor and you could the apparatus it. yeah there was a lot of like touches like that yeah and also oh, all, all the gunshots are like this is i like movies that don't shy away from portraying the realities and and you know just how visceral and violent a gunshot wound is it's better shot from these big revolvers with these like big caliber bullets and that's kind of the big point right like he like it's like it's a big sexy revolver and that's kind of feasant that's what feasant like i think starts this madness i like that i like the fetishism stuff like with with you know americans are crazy and they love guns just kind of baked into their society. Yeah, and the music is pretty cool too. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah. It's not an action movie score. That's kind of, kind of. It feels almost like a deconstruction, but it also com comes with the problems of a lot of deconstructions of genre. Is that it usually turns out kind of boring at times because you gotta strip away all the stuff. It's, if it's all about stripping away the stuff that makes action movies fascinating, then you know you gotta you gotta put up with it. I suppose. I mean, something that like makes me hesitant to have ever watched their films is the fact that they're action, and then it's maybe like a fault on my mm -hmm. part that I just like it's just blending into like men mm -hmm. like men typically typically do action films and men typically watch them and i don't i don't think she's like this film feels more like a woman can relate to it mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't know what my point is but <laughs> i don't know that's always been my like hesitancy that she's just following that trend then i don't know I don't know where I'm going. I like, uh, I, I grew very frustrated with this movie because I'm like, how hard is it to like, just like get him or catch him? Like he keeps getting away. Um, even though like he's been shooting at, <laughs> at her people, he keeps being, he keeps getting away. She keeps missing him, which I find really funny. But I think that's all like a play on the genre. It's like, oh, this is like, we're used to these big macho protagonists taking down these like equally big macho villains, but this is like- But then what happens in a... their other films? Is it the same thing? Does it just fit the genre? Is it playing you, with it? Well, I think Point Break is very much an yeah, adherence it's... to the genre. It's a very, yeah, I think so. See, that makes me not want to watch um, it. Yeah, it yeah, that's, that's exactly Point Break is like a more yeah. fun version of Heat. Yeah, the color palette. Honestly, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Even the color palette is like, oh, instead of, you know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro moping about in well, two hours, where do you that's just like a wild As to what reads. is action versus what um, is not. This is a question for Michelle, because I'm curious, because Heat, I wouldn't say Heat is like a. The appeal yeah. of it isn't like the action aspects of like scenes that are created to get mm. your adrenaline pumping yeah or or like movies like that i mean where, I, I where, seen what is the line do you feel like if it's more uh focused on the i don't know the um the spectacle rather than character i mean i'm just using like yeah if it's too much on the spectacle i'm not interested at all that's yeah. why like mm. i hate marvel films because it's an hour of spectacle and 
Yeah. You know, yeah, well, 10 the minutes. The Marvel stuff is framed around the spectacle. Yeah. Like, it's built up to prop this one thing. Whereas, mm-hmm. I guess a movie like this and movies like The Departed, mm-hmm. and I would include Heat in that, as those things are almost used to reveal character and used to, to uh, further, like... A mm-hmm. story rather than the other way around so i i, I guess i i understand that so yeah. i i wouldn't mm-hmm. like say that mm-hmm. necessarily that means it's a deconstruction of it like especially this film i feel like it's it does dismantle a lot of the tropes yeah i feel like it's playing into it mm-hmm. just yeah. to be a film but from a woman's perspective mm-hmm. but the fact that it's focused so much on her vulnerable vulnerability like at least in the first and second act to me i was like oh this is kind of like taking down like the traditional action protagonist of you know a buff dude with no real personal who's like vul- not vulnerable like physically and not vulnerable psychologically but well, here's, would, here would is, you prefer like, somebody like who is. something like a kill bill character where they're basically a man just, just no no i no, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, I, I prefer, that's why I find this really interesting. Is out that like I don't think people we we have nailed the female action hero genre well yet. I don't think we're quite there yet. I mean, I feel um, like Promising Young Woman did it perfectly because mm-hmm. it, it takes advantage of great. men's vulnerability, and that's never mm-hmm. explored. And that's why that's so interesting. <laughs> and it's so? not going to win any Oscars. I'm not going to be devastated about it. <laughs> I mean, it deserves so many, but I. I mean, I haven't seen. All I thought she should be meaner in that movie. Um, well, why? I thought she could go even further because because if if you really wanted to portray how you know trauma like this yeah, because, will really no, mess you, you up you, for you the worst. Pressing then... a fine line of like a psychotic person and like someone who's hurt and they just want like a simple revenge. Mm-hmm. Well, there is no such thing as a simple revenge now. Isn't yeah, well, or I'm a big fan of Carrie Mulligan. She was great in that movie, and Bo Burnham as well. I wish you could direct another movie. It feels great. Anyways, I'm trying to compare this, like, because I'm trying to think of it another female-led Catherine Bigelow mm-hmm. action film, and that's Zero Dark Thirty of Jessica Chastain. What did you guys think about? I haven't seen. I haven't yeah, I also, visited I since, it in theaters, like almost since it came out. It was good. I mean, no, I watched it. In, oh, how uh, was watching in that in theaters? In Alberta, so it was. Yeah, did you watch bit, that? I was a bit weary, but. It was fine. Edmonton. I, I was just. <laughs> I wonder how it played in like the Middle East. <laughs> I was. I always wonder how these films. How how these films are received and. Yeah, not always, but uh, the the ones that do, I I think it's part like people go watch them part fascination of uh, seeing how the region is is uh, portrayed and uh, also like you like you sort mm-hmm. of discount how how many people are sort of. Uh, global citizens at this point so it doesn't really like you know no one's like identifying with the terrorists Mm -hmm. or anything everyone's just going to watch a movie and being like oh they're doing this title of that yeah yeah (laughs) which they they probably won't yeah Well, yeah. I mean, didn't wasn't ISIS using like GTA and Call of Duty to like train? Actually, like they modded to make that's it fascinating. Like, that's how they used to train sense. people uh, or indoctrinate people. Yeah, and that also makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I was just trying to. It's this is so interesting. I never thought she would make a movie that's this cerebral, and that's why I didn't feel like it was like is is it, it feels so much like a psychological thriller, especially the serial like him becoming a serial killer. That stuff felt very cruising. I don't, I don't and, think. Like, it's psychological enough to call it 
psychological. Whoa, why ah, not? Because she uh-huh. he does like target her. Uh, I mean, and it then feels a little tries to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but men just target people. Yeah, like, that's what they that's do. True. So many women have stalkers. <laughs> yeah. like some some of them get killed by it. It's just it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't happen. But like, I don't think that's psychological. But you I don't think, think the part, like, the aspect of of gaslighting her you know what maybe we, we're, we're, we're not we're, maybe we're discounting well, I, I that perspective like, yeah, yeah we don't know I'm being like what, what me I, I don't know anything about this uh, that that feels like it's yeah. sort of like me <laughs> um, I don't know if psychological is the right word but it feels definitely like trying to get in the person's head not just harm them physically so that's that's kind of where mm-hmm. I I get what Arvin means but I yeah we could we could be wrong it also speaks a lot to the there's a bit of class politics in there as well though right there's a bit of that because she's like from this kind of middle class like blue collar cop and she's a cop from a lower rungs of society and he's like the rich almost like uh what's the american psycho guy's name whatever that mm-hmm. patrick bateman he's, he's like this patrick bateman type who can afford lawyers to like gas for like you know legally gaslight people um yeah and like and i oh, like yeah. how by the end he's reduced to just looking like a homeless oh. bum in rags Interesting. And that's when that's it all breaks down. It keeps breaking him down little by little. And I like that as well. That's really cool. But no, um, like he still has his money. He does. He still has his money, but like his mind is like gone and he's like disheveled and he looks he, he dies he gets blown apart multiple times i love the squibs in this movie when the blood it looks so really gooey well and wet i love yeah, that that's a really good touch blood. I lo- um, something modern movies are severely lacking is and when it's blood is cgi so it never really yeah, actually looks, looks real too bloody it's, it's too cartoonish mm. and i like yeah it also convey like you know the power of guns like blows it out of like it, it's disgusting and visceral and violent one, one that's thing what I will say violence should always be depicted as I, I don't know um, the performances yeah. aren't i feel the best uh ron silver is like over the top crazy she uh jamie lee Curtis isn't like the strongest yeah it's like uh what's her name in terminator I don't think she's that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terminator th- 2, like, when she's trying, like, to uh, Linda really Hamilton, sell Linda the Hamilton. scenes in the mental institution, that's, like, just really hard to watch. So some of that mm-hmm. is, um, yeah. is just uh, not the best. It's, it doesn't feel naturalist. They don't give her too much... Because I think Jamie Lee Curtis is a lot better, better when she's, at, like, given a more zanier character she's, with she's a lot really more personality. Funny. Like, you know, yeah. the fish call... Yes, yeah. exactly. I was about to say she's a lot funnier. She's so much funnier than she is at doing the drama oh. stuff. A fish named Wanda, yeah. I thought she was really, really good in that. But she's okay here. It, this, this feels a lot like her character in, like, the Halloween remake. Uh, not the, the remake, original. the newest oh, yeah. one, which is like a secret. Yeah. The original, the, no, there's the new one that came out where she plays, reprises her role as whatever the whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah, like, also the original, the last where she's also the original. And, and yeah, dies. <laughs> she's the final girl. Yeah, she's a classic final girl. Knives out. Yeah, um, she's so nice. Yeah, and I liked her in Knives Out. She's great in Knives Out. So yeah, this I think she's a little bit miscast here. <laughs> I have to say, someone who can portray that vulnerability a little bit more clear. I don't know because it's it's hard. I would I really wouldn't say like we've nailed down the fem- like this a more traditional female action vehicle. The last one, mm-hmm. I re- the yeah. only one I can think of that does like a really really good job is Mad Max Fury Road. Well, Michelle, I have Michelle a question. Sarah. Have you seen that movie, Michelle? I love that. That was the last one where I felt yeah. like, oh my god. Okay, so yeah. that movie is like Mad- pure spectacle, yeah. but it's still sort of oh, you so you know like oh, interesting. I didn't. 
didn't like it. Why don't you like it? I just it? didn't see the point. Ah, but didn't you find it's that like I love Charlie Theron? Very Saron dramatic. And, and all the other girls. Yeah. And I yeah, didn't I, I think that. <laughs> we should we should give it a rewatch I don't sometime. Know. I think I, I think I, I think you can be I convinced sort of to change your mind. Get what um, Michelle is saying that the text itself doesn't communicate anything more than this is thrilling. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This isn't this awesome? <laughs> but that's, that's the thing that's, about that's action films. It's so like self indulgent, and I hate it because it's just people well, fall into you can it. Love all the... like, oh, it's so good, and you're just like, no. Well, is it? I if you really pick it apart, is it that good? Really good. It's just no. <laughs> provide some sensation, right? And the the more you can, or the the faster and the quicker and more efficient way you can build that that's interesting mm -hmm. but yeah w uh, what kind of i think you can use the can genre tell to tell like you can use the genre to convey a but lot of cool ideas you're saying while you you're tell at, good story while you're at it like i think it's, oh, it's always possible when people just go like mm -hmm. is, or unless it is what, what do you think do you think like you, there's something unique yeah. about it well it could always i think genre is always like a v i think it's genre it's everybody knows the rules already yeah, and as you can but that's yeah. fun because it's playing with everybody's like established yeah, notions of, people, of what they might what do they think exactly is going to what you expect and i can tell you how it's going to end yeah, after but, uh, watching 10 minutes and that's not fun yeah that's true i thought i could, was guess what where this was going to go but uh i didn't expect like the uh, the stalker twist like not even Simon twist but the other element of the story so did I, I i thought it was going to be a much more traditional like cop drama it isn't yeah what it is i thought that was really interesting it, it, it was to be that personal. Yeah, I thought I love that personal, that personal yeah, element. Anyways, shall we take a break? Mm -hmm. We'll see you after this very special announcement. And welcome back. And now, on to my favorite segment. What did Roger Ebert say? Uh, who framed? Oh my God. <laughs> I was, I was the I was like, should I remind him before? No, he remembers. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Okay, well, Roger Ebert thinks this is a sophisticated update of Halloween. And uh, he thinks it's better than just having a sequel to Halloween. Which they did. <laughs> yeah. He says what makes it more interesting <laughs> than times. another sequel to Halloween. Halloween is the way the filmmakers have fleshed out the formula with intriguing characters and a few angry ideas. So Arvin, you were kind of right in that. Take the genre and uh, like play with it. I guess update it with angry ideas. And he's ideas. right because Roger Ebert is God. I think Roger Ebert is an authority. On cinema. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he didn't I, even I would say she's wild a... strawberries. So he's gonna miss a I few. I will never I mean, forget that. So that's kind of the insight. <laughs> that he brings to the table. I don't see anything uh, else other than Blue Steel was directed by Catherine Bigelow, whose previous credit was the well-regarded Near Dark. Does that make it a fundamentally different picture than if it had been directed by a man? Perhaps, in a way, <laughs> that's what he, he says. The female victim is never helpless here, mm. although she is set up in all the usual ways ordained by male-oriented thrillers. She can fight back with her intelligence, her training, her strength, and there is an anger in the way the movie presents the male authorities in the film who are blinded to the facts by their preconceptions about women in general mm -hmm. and female cops mm -hmm. in particular. 
Mm-hmm. Michelle was right <laughs> in that part. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, uh, the movie is an efficient thriller. Pays off with one shock and surprise after another. Uh, really serpentine twists. A couple of superior examples of the killer jumping unexpectedly <laughs> from the dark scene. I always feel dumb after I jump during one of those scenes. But I always jump. Three stars, Roger. The, the part where he uh, uh, like ambushes her on the stairs and shoots her friend was one of those parts for me where I watched it and I was like, oh no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great. Yeah. I, loved the, the, I loved his manic expression at that point. He looked genuinely deranged. Um, so that is what Roger Ebert said. I think I think he got it. He he, he had a pretty easy. yeah. The next segment is what have we seen this week? I'll go okay. first. No. <laughs> go okay. God damn it, God. Arvin. Yeah, I have what, deadlines. Oh, I don't yeah. have time. Arvin, what have you seen this? Week? <laughs> He's just like I just want to put this out there first. <laughs> Jesus, what did I see this this week? I finished the detective oh, nice. game. So that I mentioned brought up last week, and it was really, really good. good. I th- it's the, I don't think wow. it stuck the ending. To be honest, it made it, it it's it's it abided too closely with like it's just it's kind of how I feel about this movie as well. It's like it's all about being a detective and being part of the police system. And in the end, you can't completely reject it. In the end, the canonical or the right thing to do is to still embrace this current power structure, even though you know police are there to defend property owners and really nobody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I, I still really really thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched the, the oh yeah I watched King Kong versus Godzilla and that's kind of what <laughs> landed on this. What? What? Oh like yeah, I watched world. that. I watched that. I I completely. It's not. I I like Adam Wingard as a director, but this wasn't great. Um, oh, I'm so shocked. I could have never predicted this twenty years ago before it even came out. Why like, you weren't even alive? I was alive you were twenty years ago. Th- you were three. You you couldn't even talk properly. Baba Gugu Gaga. Um, <laughs> um, Adam Wingard. He did the guest, and uh, you're and next. Ruined and he's his career. Well, I wouldn't say. I would say. Well, the he stuff, is the because parts I'm not gets, interested in him anymore. Okay, so the parts where he gets to shine, which is just like the big dumb action moments, are genuinely great. There's some cool little like perspective shots that they fly. It's like, oh, these are gigantic, big hulking titans. So you know, the camera will zoom past this crumbling through this crumbling building, and then beer, and then like zoom past Godzilla, like, and you see the Mac just how big and this none boy of it is. is real. It's great. And none of it is real, and it's all very inconsequential. The human stuff is so garbage. This is one of the worst scripts. Like, this script is, like, bet worse than Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because at least that kept... Like, Zack Snyder's Justice League had lines that are so stupid that you kind of just are amused by how serious it's taking itself. This... Adam Wingard's not right, working with his right, uh, usual writer, Simon Barrett, and it, it sure as hell shows. It's not great. I didn't like this. I didn't. I, I thought it was really boring, unfortunately. And there's only two big action sequences that are actually worthwhile. Too bad. It's, Kong Skull Island is still the best movie out of all the like this entire monster. Like, like it's the best one. It's, it's yeah. the one with the most. It's so much better than the Godzilla ones. It actually has. First of all, it actually has like this arc Kong, and a story. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. The 2016, Ray. 19. Oh yeah, the. Where he's with it really is they but play it completely seriously. The, yeah. right? the original Skull King Kong is is very interesting if, if you consider it as like the failure of the Vietnam War and kind of examining the national yes. trauma there and in the middle. Yeah, that's I think that's a wonderful example of yeah. Using genre yeah. to explore 
actual like stuff and you can use it because we're familiar with the iconography and when you can play around with it it becomes much more accessible to get the message through that's why like that's, yeah, that's, but the Vietnam War just makes me angry. So. Yeah, well, the, the, <laughs> justifiably, and that's kind of what the movie explores. Yeah, and also explores like clinging mm-hmm. to this ideology and perspective of the national yeah. uh, hero. As I saw it in mm-hmm. cinema. It's great in cinemas. Well, it's the only time. Um, it. It's the most one of the most violent PG thirteen movies I've seen, which I kind of really appreciate. Mm. Um, Anyways, um, the 2016 Godzilla is great. Uh, it's, what I w- it's, it's far superior than any of these movies because it plays just like the 1933. Wait, no, 43. It's, it's 53, 30 not 33. Three. That's King Kong, right? The I'm talking about original. Right? Yeah. King Kong's 33. The, ori- uh, the original Godzilla I'm about King Kong. is uh, King Kong. It was, King Kong's uh, the main character in this one. They give him- it says on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? The <laughs> original one. No, no, it's 1954. No, the Gareth, the you're talking about the awful one with Kickass and uh, yeah. and Breaking Bad. Breaking anyway. Bad. <laughs> oh, that was so. Breaking Bad, the entire show. <laughs> uh, the entire show, they all show, show up. On us all Everybody shows up. up. Uh, 1954. Um, the uh, the original Godzilla. And that original Godzilla was like in response. It's kind of like a response to yeah. atomic destruction, to mankind having possessing this power, of this level is, of you know, playing God. You know what does a good so the twenty sixteen one. Simpsons okay. Oh yeah, well you they're know, sort of destroying the the environment. <laughs> yeah. I have a question: Is there really a hollow Earth in the Godzilla versus Kong movie? Like, is that a thing they? Think? <laughs> yes, there is. So there is. Yeah, they, they they do. They go. They do. They do. They do. <laughs> No, no, it gets even better. They, they, they do. And they built a monorail so they could go from, like, one end of the Earth to, like, Hong Kong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. So at one point... So how, so how does Godzilla fight Kong the second time? So they discover, they brought Kong to, like, fucking Antarctica or I mean, some shit like that. isn't it boring enough right? if this fight needs to happen again? Yeah, no, twice. it happens twice. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's boring. Yeah, the first time they fight on the, on the ocean... And the second time, they for some reason they need Kong to go back to the Hollow Earth, and then the reason is being he needs to pick up his cool-looking axe to fight Godzilla. That's the entire reason why this plot point exists. And then while they're in Hollow Earth, Godzilla standing on the other side of the like globe in Hong Kong detects Kong all the way down and shoots a beam that goes directly to that hollow earth so kong can crawl out of the other side into mm. hong kong it's it's do, do, do you try to are you following what i'm saying here it's ridiculous um and they level so they, hong kong this guy was and they originally blew up going to direct a sequel to peter jackson's 2005 king kong and then ended up doing this which is a bit of a yeah. it's a bit of a step down it's really stupid. This movie's really dumb. Like Kong, Kong Skull Island is the far superior like film in terms. It actually, it's actually yeah. about something. Don't you miss that when action movies can be about something Blue and not Steel. just uh, yeah, like Blue Steel, <laughs> like Blue Steel. Uh, what? Anyways, so what did you watch watched, this week, Yusuf? Um, nothing, honestly. Uh, oh uh, no, I did. I watched five minutes of the Hemingway dog. Entry, and I watched uh, in I think ten minute increments in the morning as I'm having breakfast. Uh, one episode of Magnum PI because <laughs> I was curious as to what it was. 
What are your it's thoughts on so Magnum PI? It's honestly so much fun. Yeah, it's yeah? such a weird uh, show. Like the episode I watched is like the Manchurian Candidate, basically, the plot to that, but mm-hmm. with Russians and then they're, you know, on Hawaii and stuff, and they say R and R so much. Like I've never heard that phrase before, and I've heard it like a million times. Every time they're like, "What are you doing here?" A bit of R and R. Wait, it's rest military the talk. Relaxation is military talk. Or that's their yeah, yeah their version. Yeah, R and R. That's uh, you just slow use that's uh, abbreviation, right? They love to abbreviate. Well, he was in the navy. That's what I wait. Got. Does and he? Then he left because he's too right. Rebel. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I I used to laugh at the fact that I thought they were gonna cast him as Indiana Jones, but he couldn't get out of his contract. And I get it now. Wait, who's the original uh, Magnum PI? The mustache and stuff. Oh. And I get it. Honestly, seeing him and his beach bod and uh, cool mustache and stuff, he's such a good lead. He's so charismatic and fun, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. It's weird watching TV. Did you know who, um, they're still making that new? They're still making going through with a new yeah, Indiana and Jones. Fleabag is in it, and the Fleabag is in it. No, I, I, I think she will make it. She, I want to see her in a Spielberg movie. It would be so fascinating. What is her role? She's her his daughter. <laughs> her his oh, caretaker. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> She's the one who's gonna pushes him in a wheel wheelchair. <laughs> what is what is Harrison Ford gonna do? Are they honestly trying to still gonna make him like jump and use yeah, like the wheels? I I I don't understand. <laughs> They'll probably have like a wheelchair run. It is kind of crazy like how they, <laughs> like how how you justify destroying <laughs> legacy. <laughs> I don't know what like just leave it be. Go make a different thing. Call it. Uh, I mean, they already James. destroyed it. There's already four. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, one and two are pretty good movies. Three, three is okay, still good. Three is still good. I don't know personally. I, I fell asleep through two. Two is, uh, two is arguably my two favorite. Two is yeah. Two is I bonkers. Two is I I think two is actually the actual the best the best one. It's I did bonkers. See the, um, so I saw. Uh, this is the order I saw them in. I saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull first, and then I saw Same. Temple of Doom, Same. and then I saw Raiders, and then I saw Last Crusade, Raiders? and I fell asleep during Last Crusade. I used to be blown away by um, even just like this two, uh, one, like three and four, because I've never seen an action movie where the set pieces go on for this long, and there are this many of them. That kind of blew my mind as a kid. I was like, "Wow, it's still going!" And now he's where? He's doing what? Well, That's kind incredible. Of because of that, um, don't you think? Well, as a, like a hyperactive eight-year-old, I didn't mm-hmm. never, I never watched a movie from start to end. For every single time it's on TV, oh, I just watched like the. Like, it was just like, oh my god! This I didn't like, like the, that Sean Connery. <laughs> there, kind of lame. Yeah, and it's implied they yeah, both banged yeah. like the the Nazi lady, <laughs> which is really funny. I just find that well, so weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now, um, so to... now, 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 Harrison Ford is gonna bang Fleabag, so that's <laughs> no, it's, that, it's, that's, that's gonna be in the not. movie, I guess. I don't think she'll like. Didn't she rewrite a bunch of James Bond <laughs> yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that's gonna. Mm, maybe she rewrote a bunch for this, and they were like, "Do you wanna be in it?" Oh, they, and then she complained about right rewriting James Bond because they told her to, like they thought like she's um, they I wanted her to make him more like female centric and thus uh... make him less horny. 
And then she's like, and she was like, no, like, this is James Bond. Like, uh, come on, come on, like, get a, get a fucking grip. So, yeah. I mean, she did write Killing Eve. She's, like, no stranger to genre, like, like writing, like, actually good genre pieces. So. Okay. Well, uh, what it. else did you watch other than Mag? Yeah. That was it? All right. Now on to recommendations. Uh, oh, yeah. Michelle, do you want to go first? Okay. I recommend Promising Young Woman again. I know I've recommended it before. Double recommendation means a must-watch. Yes, it's really good. Everyone watch it. And if you work for the Academy, make sure it wins. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Although, this will probably go out after the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yes, you, uh, Mr... It could be a Miss Academy. Harvey Einstein? Yeah. Um, yeah, one day we'll make it there. Magnum P.I. <laughs> Uh, watch yeah. season three, episode one. Uh, it's called "Did You See the Sunrise?" and it's pretty good. Yeah. Ooh, that's it's a good really, title. It's two parts, I think, in one episode. It's one and two yeah. in one episode. Pretty good. I uh, I liked it. It's a lot of fun, and it's weird to watch stuff from the eighties, like TV from the eighties, because it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. What's TV, what's weird about right? it? It's supposed to just be like this fleeting like thing that's happening now. And then mm-hmm. just watching it be a time capsule where they're all like referencing stuff. Anyways. Mm. Yeah. But you know how little they thought of TV? Like at the start of the BBC, that they just used to destroy everything oh immediately God. once it's been aired. That's so what, like, oh yeah, they the just original re- Doctor mm-hmm. Who's barely exists because they just don't. <laughs> so. They just oh tape over God. it? Yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> it's TV, who yeah. cares? They don't yeah, care. well, that is. It it is definitely I feel I feel like it's a more honest way to like examine an era by if you watch mm-hmm. a, it's like an episode of TV from that because you kind of see what people's priorities are and what the culture is. Yeah, they're not trying to make it like yeah they're not trying to make the eighties look good. It's just something that was made in the eighties. No, no, but that's that's what, it's like hard yeah. to watch stuff because like when is that. Netflix came no Friends came on Netflix. Everyone was rewatching it and was like, I don't remember this being so sexist <laughs> and homophobic and racist and now people don't like it. Yeah, anymore. yeah. Joey said what? I'm sorry. What's normal? Mm. What's like the most down the road, like mi- down the middle sort of uh, ideas? So that's it. That's my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Cool. I I I recommend. The Invisible Man, the 2020 version, uh, direct, the, the one with starring Elizabeth Moss, directed by Lee Wynnell. I really like that, and this kind of felt similar. It's in terms of a very a movie about gaslighting, and that is ju- really, really actually like about gaslighting and stalkers and and uh, how complacent straight males are and kind of not not susp- not believing women. Yeah, it's great. It's also kind of like a genre twist. And I, I like and I dig stuff that plays with genre. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Now, join us next week for our shells pick. It's my pick. Yes. And that's right. Well, I mean, when we're recording it, next week is my official day that I've created called Charlie Chaplin <laughs> Day because it's his birthday on the sixteenth of April. So we're gonna watch the Gold Rush. Mark your calendars, Wait, folks. What is it? The Gold the Rush. The Gold Rush. Okay. 1925. Nice. So, see you next week and join us for that. See you next week, folks. Yes. Keep it real, folks. Keep it real.
The seventh reel is hosted by Yusuf Elbashir, Michelle Hassel, and Arvin Wong. Logo created by Sho Conti, and theme song composed by Yehia Elbashir. Thanks for listening.